And so tonight I would like to touch on how to effectively deal with cycles. Now please, when I say cycles, I'm not just necessarily speaking about demonic cycles. I'm speaking about cycles in general. It might just be that one thing or those few things that you've got in your life and every now and again this thing just comes by your way and it is something that you're battling to deal with. It is something that you're battling to break in your life and it's just something that you're battling to get breakthrough on. Are you guys with me? It might even be something small. It might even be something, I want to use the word insignificant. Yet every time that it comes by your way, it hits you hard. And it keeps you back. It is that one thing or those few things that just limits you in life. Come on, can we be real tonight? It is those things that just limits you in life. It weighs you down. It's like a weight every, every time in its season. Without fail, it will come by your way. And you will try to stand against this thing without success. Just to find yourself in submission to the very thing that you're trying to conquer. Are you guys with me? Say so, so, so cycles. Saying, say cycles. I mean, it's those things that just limit you. Keeps you back. It weighs you down. Do I have people with me tonight that's real? Amen. Come on. I'm not just speaking about demonic cycles. Speaking about cycles in general. They, everyone is dealing with things. Are you guys with me? But now that being said, I want you to bear in mind, the Bible says this. It's always best to start with what the Word says. Amen. And the Bible says this in the first book of Peter. And I want you to stay with me. I'm going to run with a message tonight to make a point. It's not a one, two, three point message. It's one thought flowing to another. And there's a train of thoughts that I need you to catch tonight. What I will do is I'm going to go through the life of Jesus. Are you guys with me? And we're going to take out certain principles of cycles, but I'm not just going to be speaking on cycles. But I'm going to go through quite a few stories dealing with the life of Jesus. Are you guys with me? In His earthly ministry. And things that happened regarding cycles. But also how to become rock solid, rock power people. Amen. And so the Bible says in the first book of Peter chapter 1 verse 23, King James. Do I have people with me tonight? Please don't be quiet. I'm a church participating pastor. Amen. King James. Being born again. Say born again. again. Being born again. Are you born again? Come on, turn to your neighbor and ask your neighbor. Neighbor, are you born again? And just wait for a response. If your neighbor didn't respond, just tell them to stand up. Okay, let's try the other neighbor. Neighbor, are you born again? Just wait for a response. Let me just let me just let me just help out quite a few people. Being born again means that you've received the revelation of who Jesus Christ is. And based upon that revelation, you cried out, Lord, I need you in my life. I cannot take another breath without you being a part of it or without you being in it. And therefore I receive you as Lord and personal Savior over my life. At that moment you got filled with the Holy Spirit of the living God. 
who then used the very power of God, the same power that was used to raise Jesus from the dead, was then used at that moment to cause your spirit man to be reborn. This is nothing short than a massive miracle. So you are born again. Are you born again? Being born again. Not of corruptible seed. But of incorruptible. By what? By the Word of God that lives and abides forever. But now the Word of God is also God. We know this true in John chapter 1. You don't go there now, but we all know this by now. John chapter 1 verse 1 and verse 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Huh? So the Word is also God. Meaning you are, you are born of God. Being born again means that you are born of God. Say, I am born of God. Say again, say, I am born of God. Now, having that revelation, when we go to the first book of John, chapter 5, verse 4, King James, speaking about each and every one of us, for whatsoever is born of God. And so according to your own confession that you are born again, according to the first book of Peter 1, 23, Huh? By the Word of God, which according to John chapter 1 verse 1 and 14, is God, huh? means that you are born of God, and therefore you are filled with the fullness. Hey, look at your neighbor. Do you want to you, you know what the fullness of God looks like? Just quickly look at your neighbor. You've been filled with the very fullness of God. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 to verse 20, New King James. For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might through His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So according to your own confession, stay with me. I'm going to give you a scripture buffet. You see, if you respond to the word that I'm releasing right now, please bear in mind that you're releasing to God's word. It is not you responding to me. It is you responding to what is being spoken and released into an atmosphere. And that which I release into the atmosphere is a direct quotation from the very Word of God. It is His Word. So you are responding to His Word. Which means that when you respond to His Word, that Word will then come upon you and you will become a manifestation of it. And so according to your own confession, that you are born of God. Put again up. 1 John 5 verse 4. 
I'm still with this one verse. King James. And whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. Now we can connect this with first book of John chapter 4 verse 4 King James. And I believe you all know this one. Huh? 4 verse 4. Let's go there. You're going to say, oh, you're a Kenneth, man. Hmm. One, two, three. Okay, stop there. You are of God. Born of God. Born of His Word. That is God. Filled with His fullness. But you are of God, little children, and have overcome them. You have overcome that situation. You have overcome that circumstance. You have overcome that cycle. But every now and again come and presents itself at your door. You have overcome that very thing that limits you. You have overcome that thing that keeps you back. You have overcome that thing that weighs you down. Are you guys with me? Why? Because greater is He that is in you than he that is in this world. Church, I want to tell you tonight that you can do it. In fact, that you can and that you have already overcome every circumstance, every situation. You have already overcome those cycles that tries to gain entry into your life. Are you guys with me? Say cycles. Greater is He that is in me than He that is within this world. Tonight, cycles will not only be broken, but they will be destroyed. How? Through a transformation of your mind. Are you guys with me? That being said, I also want to speak on what it means to become rock solid, rock power people. I'm speaking about those who are steadfast and those who can become immovable no matter what storm hits them. You will remain steadfast and immovable. The Bible says in the first book of Corinthians chapter 15 from verse 49 to 58 New King James and this is Paul speaking saying for as we have borne the image of the man of dust we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. Now this I say brethren that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery, that we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible. Do we have it on the screen? First book of Corinthians, chapter 15, verse 49 to 58. Not too fast for the scriptures tonight. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, 
And this mortal must put on immortality so that when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh death, where is your sting? Oh Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. When you study this, it means through the revelation that I have of my eternal Savior through our Lord Jesus Christ. And based upon this, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. In the Lord, I'm speaking about rock solids, rock power people tonight. How many of you can say that I want to become a rock solid, rock power Christian who's filled with the Holy Spirit of the living God? That no matter what wind, no matter what storm is hitting me from whatever side, I will not be tossed to and fro. I will remain steadfast. I will remain immovable. That even when that cycle wants to come again, this time that thing will not prevail. I am telling you that if you can take the words that I'm speaking even in this night, if you can take these scriptures that I've just given you and you can open your heart for a moment and you can open your spirit for a moment and you can allow these words to pierce into the deepest parts of who you are right into your spirit man and clothe yourself with these scriptures as like with a mantle that you will become a demonstration of every word being released and spoken even in this night. In fact, you will become a demonstration an expression of the breakthrough power of our Lord Jesus Christ to a dying and broken world. Again, I'm stating that I'm speaking about rock power, rock solid people, even in this night. I hope that I'm speaking to the right crowd. Dion, I said I'm going to just... Huh? Just stand here. Hmm? I was looking at the back of the camera and when the people run up and down it's like when you're watching online it's like it's like watching tennis so let me try and preach from here and now that's going to go but let's try amen say it again tonight's cycles will be broken can we be real tonight Come on, how many of you have ever stated the following or made the following statements? I will never fall into this trap again. This thing will never come my way again. Just to find yourself falling into the same trap and to face exactly the same thing, leaving you completely perplexed. Just to utter the all too famous and familiar words. How could I have done this again? Huh? Do I speak with people that are real tonight? Amen. Now Paul in relation to this is saying the following. Now they just said that there's some technical difficulties with Scripture. So just take note. I'll be, I'll be, don't worry, I've got you. First book of Corinthians chapter 9 verse 27, Amplified Classic says the following. This is Paul speaking. He's saying, but like a boxer, I buffet my body. I handle it roughly. 
I discipline it by hardships and subdue it. There we go, scriptures back on the screen. And subdue it for fear that after proclaiming to others the gospel and the things pertaining to it, I myself should become unfit, not stand the test, be unapproved and rejected as a counterfeit. Come on, how many times have you proclaimed the gospel to people and the many things pertaining to it or you try to help someone else and then just to find yourself you're doing the thing exactly the thing that you've told them not to do or that you do not do what you have told them to do can we be real tonight amen don't worry we're going to be dealing with stuff tonight amen i'm here by divine commissioning and I'm very sure about my task and what I need to accomplish in this night. And how to do it exactly by the leading of the Spirit of the living God. And so when I make a statement that cycles will be destroyed, please take my word for that, that cycles, don't take my word, take His word, that cycles will be dealt with and it will be destroyed. That in this night, we will have rock solid, rock powered Christians that will be established and founded firmly upon the Word of God. Amen. And so you tell others to do what you don't do and you fall into the same thing. And so the Bible says this, and this is one of those scriptures you should know as a believer. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and verse 2, New King James. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance. The race, listen, and take note because I'm going to bolt now. And let us run with endurance. The race that is set before us. Looking on to Jesus. The author and finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross. Despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So Paul is saying that there is this race that each and every one of us must run. Every one of you, the moment that you've given your hearts to the Lord Jesus Christ and you became born again, we've established now that's all of you because none was pushed up or stood up when I said, if your neighbor didn't respond, let them stand. Which means that everyone here right now that you are born again. Can I have an amen to that? The moment that you've given your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, you've entered a race. It is your own personal race. You're not in a race against someone else. For the Bible says that this race is not for the swift. It is not how fast you can get to the end. But it is how you get there. Are you guys with me? And you might fail and you might stumble and you might struggle on the way there seven times times 70 times. But it's not about how you fall. It is not about how you stumble. But it's rather how you get back up again and you set your face like a flint and you, you are determined to be even harder than the situation that have caused you to stumble. And you say that I will continue this race. I will not give in, I will not give up and I will not give out. But by the grace of the living God and but by the power of His Spirit, I will be strengthened in my inner man and I will continue my race. Looking on to Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith. 
And so Paul is saying that we're running this race. What is this race? This race is your spiritual journey. It is, your, it is you fulfilling your divine prophetic call and purpose. I want to remind you in this night, and we've said this so many a times, but let it sink in in this night, that each and every one of you looking at me right now, even those connecting over live stream, each and every one of you hearing my voice and looking at me right now, I am telling you that there is a divine prophetic call and purpose upon your life that God has made you, He has created you, and He has designed His own personal call and purpose right into your inner man and that is what you need to find out and you need to fulfill here on this earth and so not to promote global school of ministry in the message but this is exactly what we're dealing with in module six if i had the information that was shared we've done the first two sessions already and if i had the information that was shared in this module six it would have changed my life when i started and you can ask those who have already started these sessions. They will tell you it's life-changing. Developing your personal ministry, which each and every one of you do have. And what can obviously get into it right now. I'm speaking about a race. So this is the thing. While I'm running my race, says Paul, and while I'm in my lane and I'm running my race, I'm still helping someone else also to run their race. And then I'm helping this one to run his race. And then I'm running, helping that one to run their race. Are you guys with me? In that portion of their race, they might be dealing with things and I'm helping them to run their race. But after I've helped them to run their race, I want to make sure that I'm still on course. I don't want to help someone else running their race just to find that I am now unfit and that I'm no longer on course. No, I want to help someone else and once I've done helping them, I want to know that I'm still on course and that I'm still remaining standing. Say that I'm still standing. That I'm still standing. So after I've helped someone else running their race, I want to make sure that when the test comes past me and by my way, that I want to be able to stand the test when it comes. Say stand. Now when we speak about this principle known as standing, it takes me to this all familiar passage of Scripture that I've quoted so many a times. If you can remember, Jehoshaphat, under siege, being attacked from three different kings, three different nations. The man is sorely afraid, fearing for his life. They are completely outnumbered. And so he's crying unto God, please help us. Are you guys with me? And he's calling a time of fasting and prayer. And the Bible says, while this man was busy addressing the assembly, that the Spirit of the Lord came upon a man by the name of Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, born out of the lineage of the Levitical priesthood. And so this man prophesied in the second book of Chronicles chapter 20, verse 15, King James. And he said, Hearken ye all Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat, fear not, nor be dismayed. For this battle is not yours, but God's. Verse 17 says, Set yourselves that you shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves. Stand here still. Stand you still. Stand you still. And see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against him. For the Lord will be with you. This immediately connects us with the book of Exodus chapter 14, where Moses was standing with and they be with, with Israel being entrapped with the Red Ocean on the, uh, the Red Sea on the one side 
and the Egyptian army on the other side about to be slaughtered. And just like with Joseph, they are sorely afraid and they're crying on to Moses. Moses is crying on to God. And guess what the man responds is? Exactly the same thing that we find in Joseph. And he says, do not fear. Take your stand. For the Egyptians you see today, you shall never see again. And I declare this over each and every one of you on this night. Do not be afraid. Take your stand for that situation, that circumstance, that cycle that comes by you every now and again. You shall never see again. It shall be destroyed and it will be broken even in this night. But you shall never face it again. If you believe that, give God a price offering. Say standing. Say standing. Say again, say standing. This takes us to the book of Ephesians. Chapter 6, NIV. Verse 10 to verse 18. And here Paul is dealing with the spiritual armor of a believer. And he starts in verse 10 and he says, Finally, say finally. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. The King James, you don't put it on, but the King James actually says, Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand. So that you can stand against what? Against the devil's schemes. Against that cycle. Against that situation. Against that circle. So that you can stand against the devil's schemes. For our battle, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, King James's principalities, and against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand. And after having done everything to stand, Stand firm then. And then he goes through the entire army. And so here we see the importance of standing, standing and standing. And so when we speak about this very important principle that is known as standing, it takes us to the book of Luke chapter 6. I hope that everyone is still with me. I'm going somewhere. Stay with me. You're about to be blessed. Luke chapter 6, NIV, verse 46 to 49. And this is the Lord Jesus Christ Himself speaking. You see, I'm walking again. And he's saying, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. On? Come on, come on, encounter. Are you still with me? When a flood came, the torrent struck that house, but could not shake it. Because it was well built. So after it was hit with a situation, after it was hit with another circumstance, after it was hit with another cycle that comes every time in its season trying to find entrance into your life again like it usually did. And again, the cycle is trying to limit you. Again, the cycle is trying to keep you back in life. 
Again, the cycle is trying to weigh you down. This time the Bible says that it could find no entry. It could not be shaken. Why not? Because it was well built, which means that it remained standing, which means that if I do what I hear, then I'm building my house. You are a temple, my house on a rock. And those who have done so shall not stumble, they shall not fall. Those are the ones who will remain standing, which means that there is importance to go and do what we have heard. If you go and you do, do, do what you have heard, then you are building your house on the rock and you shall remain standing. Are you guys with me? The Bible says in the book of James, chapter 2 verse 17, NIV, in the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Are you guys with me? I'm giving you keys on how to become rock solid, rock power believers on how to remain standing no matter what. So how do I get to that rock standing power place? Put on the screen for me, Matthew chapter 16, verse 16. King James, now I need you to catch up on the train of thoughts that I'm going to get into. And Simon Peter answered and said, who? See, we read this stuff so casually, thinking that stuff is just by, it's just not just there. It's just, a, it's just by accident. It's just the way that it was written. Who? I want you to take note of something. And Simon Peter Simon Peter, Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, the name Simon has got various meanings that are connected to it. And you will find that if you study the life of this Simon Peter, you will find all of these meanings at work and at play in and through this man's life. The first meaning of the name Simon, in the Greek it means to hear, hearing or listening. And then to respond according to what was heard. Now you'll find throughout scripture, in the gospels especially, that Simon was always the one who would listen intently. He would always hear because he was always the one who would speak up. He was always the he would always speak at the wrong time, but no more. He was always the one who would speak up. He was always the one to ask the question. He was always the one to respond. Are you guys with me? Say Simon. But now the name Simon also means read. More specifically, shake and read. Because a read is something that is easily shaken. Are you guys with me? Say shake and read. I want to take it slow now. Not to lose too many people. It feels like I'm rushing because of time. Are we still together? A shake and read. Which means that when the wind blows backwards, that read will bend backwards. And even once the wind have passed, it will remain in that position. It does not come back up. And then when the wind blows to the left, it goes to the left and it remains bent under that situation, under that circumstance, under that cycle. I hope you hear me spiritually. It does not come back up once the wind have passed. It remains in that posture of submission. And when it bends that side, the reed bends that side. When it bends forward, the reed bends. Are you guys with me? And spiritually, this is speaking about a born-again believer being hit with cycles and they're being tossed to and fro under every situation and every circumstance and every cycle, which means that you are no longer in subjection 
to and under the authority and power of God's Word, but you have rather shift position to become in subjection and to submit to those situations, to submit to those cycles. And every time that it hits you, said, oh, well, here we go again. And you just bend with it. And you submit to the very thing that you are faced with. And you do not come back up. The problem with this is the more that you've been tossed to and fro, eventually you break. And fall apart. But the name Peter means rock. And when we speak about a rock, it carries the idea of someone who is stable, someone who is strong, someone who is solid. I'm speaking about rock solid, rock power people right now. I hope that you can hear me in tonight in Ghana Church. And so here we have in Scripture, we have the reed standing up that is supposed to be the rock. And he's saying that you are Christ, the Son of the living God. And we carry on, verse 17. We pick up the story in verse 17. Are we still together? And Jesus answered and said unto him, the sound is all of a sudden strange and funny on the stage. Something changed. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou who? Come on, in count church. Blessed art thou who? Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Verse 18. And I say also unto thee that thou art. So who called him Peter? Thou art Peter. Huh? Listen, you need to bear in mind that when Jesus said this, he was reminding him of who he is. Because when he first called him, he already said that you will be Peter. And so here there's a need to remind Simon that you're no longer Simon, but that you are in him Peter. Are you guys with me? And upon this rock, meaning this revelation, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Say the gates of hell shall not prevail against me. Say again, say the gates of hell shall not prevail against me. Listen, Jesus is speaking about the entire system here. He's not just speaking about someone working for the army. He's speaking about the entire army. He's not just speaking about some demon operating out of hell. He's speaking about the entire operation and everything and everyone connected and associated to it. And he's saying that, listen, that hell and everything of it shall not be able to prevail against me. Say the case of hell shall not prevail against me. So Jesus is saying, Simon, this is not your own revelation. Your heart was open to receive and therefore my Father revealed it unto you. And based upon that revelation of who I am, this rock, this revelation, you are no longer Simon, but now you are the rock. Now I will call you Peter. You are a rock and the gates of hell shall not be able to stand against this rock. Meaning it shall not be able to stand against this revelation. And so I would like to ask you tonight in Counter Church, everyone connecting over live stream, what revelation do you have of Jesus Christ? Because that's the thing that will determine whether the gates of hell will prevail or not. It shall not prevail against this rock. Meaning against this revelation that you've received of who I am. Are you guys with me? You will be Peter. You will be a rock. And from this moment, you will stand for everything that stands for stability, foundation, for everything that is strong. 
and solid. You will be rock power, rock stable, rock solid, foundational Peter. I declare and I decree this over each and every one of you this night. It's based on the revelation that you have of Jesus Christ. The gospel. Are you guys with me? So we're following this life of Jesus. If you've not picked it up yet, are you guys with me? I'm just giving an introduction. Mark chapter 3, verse 13 to verse 16, New King James. Mark chapter 3, verse 13. I need to rush. Are we still together? And just follow with me on the screen. It says, And he went up on the mountain and called to him those he himself wanted. And they came to him. Verse 14, Then he appointed twelve that they might be with him and that He might send them out to preach, verse 15, and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out demons. And then we get to verse 16. This is where Christ called them. And He says, Simon to whom He gave the name Peter. Are you guys with me? What is Jesus doing? He's in essence saying this. Listen, let's deal with this bloodline. Let's change this bloodline. Let's change this thing that you came from. Let's change. I'm going to change this very thing that keeps you in a cycle. Let's change this thing that keeps you in your history. I am going to call you. I will call you Peter. You are no longer Simon. But from this moment, I am changing that bloodline. I am changing your history. I am changing that cycle, that thing that keeps you back. That thing that keeps you in your history. I am changing it. Your name will be Peter and you shall be a rock and upon this rock I shall build my church and it shall remain steadfast and immovable but no matter what storm or what wind will hit it from whatever side it will remain standing it will remain standing it will remain standing so I will remain standing I will call you Peter I will call you Peter so we have to ask the question why the need for Jesus to remind Simon that he was Peter? Are we still together? Let's answer that question. Put on the screen for me. I'm going to go through the Gospels tonight. Matthew chapter 14 verse 26, Amplified Classic. Matthew chapter 14 verse 26, Amplified Classic. And it says, And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, we're just continuing with the life of Jesus here. Are you guys with me? Amen. They were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they screamed out with fright. Verse 27. But instantly he spoke to them saying, Take courage. I am. Stop being afraid. Verse 28. And? Hello. And? Who? Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you. I want you to pick up on something. Command me to come to you on the water. Verse 29. He said, come. So, Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and he came towards Jesus. Who answered Jesus? Who got out of the boat? Who walked on water? It was Peter. It was that rock power, stable, solid, strong person who was now founded on the word that he heard previously when Jesus said that I will now call you Peter. This same one was now finding himself in the midst of a storm. And so when Jesus called, he said, but hang on, I am not Simon, I am Peter. And that I will 
follow the Word. And then when He says, come, I will go without any doubt. And so looking on to Jesus, the man got out of the boat and followed Jesus. He followed the Word, looking on to Jesus, keeping on to Jesus without any doubts. Are you guys with me? But then suddenly, other situations started taking control. Does this sound familiar? Come on, let's be real tonight. Suddenly other situations now starts to take control. Are you guys with me? Verse 30. We get on with the story. But when he perceived and felt the strong wind, now he's no longer looking on to Jesus. Are you guys with me? He was frightened and he began to sink. Listen to what it says. It says, he began to sink. We have this image and picture in our mind that he just went down. It's not like that. He began to sink. A man is walking on water and he's noticing that, listen, I'm in the midst of a storm here. <laughs> this is actually life-threatening. And he began to sink. He began to sink. Are you guys with me? And he cried out, Lord, save me from death. Listen, he was now halting between opinions. Am I Simon? Or am I Peter? Will I be the reed that is so easily tossed to and fro? Or will I be that rock, solid rock, standing rock, power, individual that He have called me? Will I be that solid, stable person? Will I be Peter? He's faltering and halting between two opinions. So He's sinking, but He's going down, but not really. Are you guys with me? Am I Simon or am I Peter? Come on, does this sound familiar? Verse 31. But when he perceived and felt the strong wind, uh, sorry, instantly Jesus reached out his hand and caught him and held him, saying, uh, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Now, this is very interesting. That phrase, little faith, means to act on impulse. It speaks of a burst. It's an unction. It's a sudden burst of faith that comes upon you. It's not, it's speaking about, it's speaking about the amounts the quantity of faith being released more than the level. Are you guys with me? I'm not saying that we don't, you did, you did get levels. The Bible says that each one I've been dealt, I measure, which means that I can increase or decrease. I'm not speaking, but in this scenario, it is not speaking about a level, it's speaking about the measure, the quantity released in the moment. It was just not enough to carry him through. How do I know this is true? How many of you can say that it must have taken great faith to get out of that boat in the middle of that storm and to walk on that. Come on now. Go, go, go walk on your swimming pool. It's not even in a storm. So I think we can all relate to when I say that this must have taken great faith to actually get out of that. Listen, it's not a small storm. It was a severe storm. They were afraid and he got out and is walking in the midst of these waves that's tossing to and fro walking on water must have taken great faith but yet he's saying you of little faith which means he's speaking about the amount of faith that was released in that moment are you guys with me listen it is easy to act when the anointing is there 
It is easy to act when I can feel the presence of God. It is easy to act when I hear the voice of the Lord. But when I'm in that season and His voice have gone silent, when I'm in that season and I can no longer feel the anointing, when I'm in that season and I can no longer feel the presence, then now it now becomes difficult. And all that I have is called faith. All that I have is that I know what His Word is saying. So I set out headstrong, going forward, just knowing based upon what His Word is saying. Believing and having faith, remaining founded upon the Word. That's all that I have. I can only go upon that. Where I, like Jesus, set my face like a flint, determined to become even harder than the situation, than the circumstance, and than the very cycle that it is that I am facing. It's easy when the anointing is there. When there's a burst and an unction of faith. Come on, how many of you have ever been in the glory of God? Or you had this encounter with the Lord God in your inner room and there's this sudden unction. It's like this burst of faith that comes upon you and it feels you can conquer the world. I'm speaking about that. Have you ever experienced that? It's a sudden thing that comes upon you. This is what happened to Peter. It's easy. Why? Because that's where the glory is. That's where I can hear the voice of the Lord. Are you guys with me? So Jesus is saying this, you acted on a burst of faith, an impulse of faith. Why did you doubt? Now the word doubt means double. And when we look at the Apostle James, this is what he has got to say about this doubleness and this doubt. Are you guys with me? James chapter 1 verse 6. I need to hurry up. King James, James chapter 1 verse 6, King James. Amen. But let him ask in faith nothing wavering. For he that wavers, meaning someone who falters between many opinions, is like the waves of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. Verse 7. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Verse 8. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. In other words, he's like the waves of the sea. Now, have you ever wondered, why, do, why would James compare a double-minded man with the waves of the sea? Have you ever thought about it? Because he knew exactly what was happening on that day. He was in the boats in the midst of the storm, James, when Peter got out and walked on the water, he was right there when the whole thing played out. He was there when Peter started sinking and became Simon. Are you guys with me? And Jesus had to reach out and pull him up. And he heard the words when Jesus said, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Why did you have a double thought? Why did you have that second thought? Come on, let's be real. How many of you have ever had that burst of faith coming upon you and then you act immediately, but then things don't work out immediately? For example, you get that burst of faith you, in your prayer room. The power is there. The anointing is there. Man, you're feeling God's presence. You're in the glory right there. And there's that unction and that burst of faith coming upon you. And you walk out with all boldness. You see the first sick person and you go to that sick individual and you lay hands. Nothing happens. What happens? Another thought comes in. A second thought now comes up. And then you start finding information from a source that's no longer of God and the whole system starts to collapse because of double-mindedness that have entered into your life. Are you guys with me? 
And so Jesus is saying, you are of little faith. Why did you doubt? Why did you get a double thought? Why did you not stay Peter? Why did you go back to your old life of Simon? But it was, bear in mind, it was Peter that said that, Lord, if you tell me to come, I will come. It was Peter who got out of the boat. It was Peter who walked on water. But it was Simon who started to sink. Also remember, it was Peter who said, tell me the meaning of these parables. It was Peter who took notes of the tree that was withered. Are you guys with me? It was Peter who said, you are Christ, the Son of the living God. You will find through the Gospels that every time when something happened in the life of Jesus and there was a response, that it was Peter. That would say, explain to us this. Explain to us that. Why is this like this? When will it be like that? Are you guys with me? Peter who asked, Lord, when will these things be that you are speaking about? It was Peter and not Simon. Can we carry on now? Speaking about cycles. And I'm speaking about how to become rock solid, rock strong, stable people. You're looking at me like you like got everything together. Maybe it's just me. Huh? Wait, it's gonna, we're going to go now. We're gonna let, hang on. So we follow the story of the life of Jesus. John chapter 13. We find Jesus. I'm just going to explain it because of time. We find Jesus at the Last Supper. And He's knowing that His hour has now come. And He's washing the disciples' feet. And the Bible says that when He came to Simon, Peter, you can go and study it in your Bible, John chapter 13, when he came to Simon Peter, that Peter said, Lord, are you washing my feet? And then Jesus responded saying, what I'm doing now, you do not understand, but after this, you will understand. And then Peter said, you will never wash my feet. And then Jesus said, if I don't wash you, you have no part in me. And then Simon Peter said, Lord, they're not only my feet, but also my hands and my head and even everything. And so we see this man continually faltering between opinions. He wants to be the Peter, but his past is running so fast that he's struggling to keep up. Are you guys with me? <laughs> Are we still together? And this man is faltering between opinions. And then after all of this, Judas Iscariot was identified as Jesus' betrayer and then left. Now listen, this is very interesting. I need you to take note of something. Judas Iscariot according to your Bible, was the son of a Simon. Not the Simon we're speaking of here. Not the, not the apostle, not Peter. But Judas Iscariot was the son of a Simon. Are you guys with me? In fact, put on the screen in John chapter 13, 21. I need to show you this. King James. John 13, 21, King James. And it says, When Jesus had thus said, He was troubled in spirit, and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. And then the disciples looked one on another, doubting of whom he spoke. Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom, one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. Verse 24, who? 
take note of this now please Simon Peter therefore beckoned him that he should ask who it should be of whom he spake verse 25 he then lying on Jesus' breast saith unto him Lord who is it verse 26 Jesus answered he it is to whom I shall give a sop when I have dipped it and when he had dipped the sop he gave it to Judas Iscariot the son of Simon now why would the Bible not just say Judas Iscariot when you read the story of Jesus and the disciples it only mentions one Judas Iscariot. There's only one Judas Iscariot. But yet the Bible found it worthy to make mention of the fact that we're speaking about Judas Iscariot and that he was, in fact, the son of Simon. Are you guys with me? I'll explain this as we go through on with the story. Judas then obviously went out uh, and uh, Jesus then proclaimed that now my hour has come to be glorified. Amen. Can we go on with the life of Jesus? Okay, let's move on to Gethsemane. Mark chapter 14. Don't think we've done Mark yet. Mark chapter 14, verse 36, King James. Just follow with me on the screen. And it says, And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me, nevertheless. Not what I will, but what thou wilt. He's, you can imagine. Jesus is crying out, My God, I don't know if I can go ahead with this, but not my will. Let this cup pass from me. If it's at all possible, if there's another way, let this cup pass from me. But let not my will be done, but let your will be done. Verse 37, And he cometh and findeth them sleeping, and saith unto, Check now the change here. Not Simon Peter, but saying unto, Peter, Simon, sleepest thou? Couldst thou not watch one hour? So here Jesus is praying. There's a lot of pressure on me. He's about to face the final stretch in fulfilling his assignment here on this earth. He knows exactly what is about to take place. The Bible says that the pressure upon him was so much that his sweat became blood. You can only imagine the state that this man must have been in in that hour. And he comes back and what does he find? He finds them sleeping. But now bear in mind that it was not James who said, Lord, tell us the parables. It was not James who said, let me walk on water. It was not James, nor Matthew, nor any one of the other apostles or disciples who said that, listen, look at this tree. The fig tree is indeed withered. It was Peter who jumped in every time. It was Peter who said that if you call me the rock, then I will be the rock. And so what does Jesus do? He goes up to Peter and he's waking up the rock and he's saying, you reap. You could not even watch. I'm giving you keys on how to become rock solid. You could not even watch for one hour. And so we find the constant failures and mistakes of the Simon coming into play. Are you listening to what I'm saying? We find the constant failures and mistakes of the Simon coming into play. Let's go to the final stretch before the crucifixion. Luke chapter 22. Verse 29, King James. And I appoint unto you a kingdom as my Father hath appointed unto me, that ye may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. 31. And the Lord said, mm, Simon, 
Simon. This was the only time in the entire Bible that God have ever called Peter Simon a Simon. Behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. Verse 32. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith will not fail. And when thou art converted, meaning when you have changed your mind, when you have changed your mindset, when you have changed your attitude, when you have changed your behavior and was transformed, finally transformed into Peter, please remember to also go and strengthen your brain. And then verse 33, and he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both into prison and to death. And so here we have Simon. And he's stating that even if everyone else leave, Lord, I will not leave. You have caught me in the rock and I will remain stable. I will remain unshaken. I will be immovable. I will not be Simon and I will not be as a reed easily shaken, tossed to and fro, that I will not deny you. And Jesus is saying, Simon, this is a good mindset to have. Come on now, that's a sound familiar. It's a good behavior to have, but Simon, Simon, your past is running so fast that it's busy catching up with you. And that if you are not careful, you will start to fall under your own ability, thinking that you have got this. And you will try to do it through your own might and strength. And therefore you will no longer understand your presence nor your future, which means that you need to be Peter. Are you guys with me? And so Jesus is saying, if you think that you were Simon, if you ever wondered whether you were Simon tonight, you will know that you're not only Simon, but that you are Simon, Simon. The rock will be removed. Simon will be destroyed. And you will find out tonight that you will be a triple failure. Simon, Simon. First book of Corinthians chapter 10 verse 12, Amplified Classic. Imagine hearing those words. Therefore, let anyone who thinks he stands, who feels sure that he has a steadfast mind and is standing firm, take heed lest he fall into sin. Meaning if you think that you are the rock, if you think that you are stable, if you think that you are now in control, that you have arrived, that you are standing in your own ability and strength, he says, watch out. Because you may fall. Are you guys with me? Let's jump to the resurrection. Almost there. You guys are doing well. Proud of you. Don't worry, we're getting to it now. Time is still good. Got my running shoes on. Let's go. John chapter 21 verse 1 King James. After these things, Jesus showed Himself again to the disciples at the sea of Tiberias. And on this wise showed Himself. Verse 2. They were together. Who? Now we find again Simon Peter here. This is after, after the crucifixion. Jesus has been resurrected. I mean, and Thomas called Didymus and Nathaniel of Cana of Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and two others of his disciples. Wow, got that right. Verse 3. And Simon Peter saith unto them, I go fishing. They say unto me, we also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately and that night they caught nothing. Take note that it was not Peter speaking here, but now it was Simon Peter speaking. Jesus just showed himself alive. Listen, why did Peter not rise up and say, listen, let us believe that he's alive and let us rather trust in the Lord. But Simon Peter said, I'm going back to my life of Simon. I'm going back to fishing. This time he did not just fall into the old cycle. He went back completely into it. Are you guys with me? 
And so we can see how he once again falters between many opinions. Go for me to verse 4. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Verse 5. Then Jesus said unto him, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. Verse 6. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. Does this sound familiar? They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. This is something that happened before. You guys with me? Please understand that you also get good cycles. You get something known as divine cycles. You get something known as holy cycles. And what you want to do is you want to replace old demonic wicked cycles. It does not even have to be demonic wicked cycles, but those cycles you're battling to break, you need to find a way. And I'm going to tell you how to do exactly that to replace them with divine, pure, holy cycles that is of God. There's a cycle taking place right here. This whole incident have happened before. Are you guys with me? Does it sound familiar? I hope that I've got people of the word. Dear God. Amen. Verse 7. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved, meaning John, saith unto Peter, it is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he cut his fish's coat unto him, for he was naked. And that cast himself into the sea. Now why would Simon Peter jump into the water after Jesus was resurrected and he's standing in this boat full of fish? Why would he do something so dramatic? Because he was reminded of his failure as Simon. He was reminded as his failure as Simon. So how did the fish on this bone on this whole scenario, how did it remind him? Go for me to Luke chapter 5. And we're about to land. Verse 1, King James. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. Verse 2. And saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing the nets. Verse 3. And he entered into one of the ships, which was the, uh, this is where Jesus now called him. Are you guys with me? And prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the ship. Verse 4. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. Verse 5. And... Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Verse 6. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their nets broke. Verse 7. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both ships so that they began to sink. Verse 8. And when? Simon Peter saw it, he fell down on his, Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me for I am a sinful man. Oh Lord, listen, for three and a half years, Jesus tried to convert, tried to transfer, transform um, uh, Simon into Peter. And the very thing that he met Jesus with was now the very thing that he felt with him with again. Cycles. The very thing that he met, met Jesus with the first time was now the very thing that he felt with Again, again, again. Does this sound like cycles to you? Failing again. Say cycles. And verse 10. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. So we see the constant 
reminders of the Simon coming up. Are you guys with me? Say the constant reminders. I want to show you a few reminders that came up of the Simon. Amen. Luke chapter 7. I'm just going to tell the story because of time. The disciples went into a certain man's house, a Pharisee's house. Guess who was the name of the Pharisee who owned this house? You are awake tonight. Simon. Not speaking about Peter now. We're speaking about a Pharisee named Simon. It was in this house when the woman came in with the alabaster box. And she broke the alabaster box. And she started, and she was weeping, washing Jesus' feet. And there's a reminder coming up. And she's washing Jesus' feet with a fragrant oil and with her tears. And the Bible says that she wiped Jesus' feet with her hair. Are you guys with me? And because of all this, this is a gentle woman. And what happens? Simon is getting angry because of what's taking place. He's now upset. Not Peter, but Simon, the owner of the house. Are you guys with me? Put on the screen for me Luke chapter 7 verse 44. King James. Stay with me. I'm almost there. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Huh? You can imagine Peter thinking back to this scenario. We were in that man's house. He was Simon. Jesus trying to wash my feet and I was difficult. And the Simon is a reminder. Verse 45, Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman since the time I came in hath not ceased to kiss my feet. And again, he's thinking about Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, who kissed Jesus and betrayed him. And is reminded of the failures of the Simon. Verse 46, My head with oil, thou dost not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Verse 47, Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth a little. And we see the constant reminders of the Simon coming up. Can I show you another reminder? Peter just denied Jesus. Pilate was done with Jesus. Jesus was now already beaten. He was now already scorched. The crown of thorns was already pressed upon his head. He already received another mantle. And in that state, he was now forced to carry his cross up that hill. And on the way, we have the disciples and they're standing in the midst of the crowds, no longer wanting to be associated with Jesus. And what happens? Jesus Christ stumbles and falls down. And a Roman soldier comes and he points to someone in the crowd. And he says, you come forward and you carry the cross. Guess who came out? Simon of Cyrene. Huh? They could have called anyone. But Simon was pinpointed and said that you will come out and that you will carry this cross. Why? It is the reminder of the failures of the Simon that will keep you a Simon. Let me say that again. It is the reminders, the constant reminders of the constant failures of the Simon that will keep you a Simon, which means that it will keep you humble. This is where we also find Paul speaking in like manner, saying that I've got this thorn in my flesh that I seem not to be able to get rid of. 
but it keeps me humble. Are you guys with me? But if you can stand up as that rock power person that I made you, says the Lord God Almighty, if you can become that rock power, rock solid individual that I have called you to be, then you will not fall. But when you think that you stand, when you think that you have got this, that you are this great man, when pride presents itself, I will keep on sending those Simons to keep you humble. You will find Simon, Simon's son betraying Jesus, Judas Iscariot. You will find Simon's house where the woman came to anoint Jesus' feet. You will find Simon carrying Jesus' cross. Every time it presents itself, I will bring you down and I will remind you of the Simon. Are you guys with me? Are you guys with me? But when you come to that place, when you take up your position in me, says the Lord God Almighty, and you are finally transformed from the Simon into the Peter, please bear in mind that I then need you not to be focused on yourself anymore, but then I need you to go and strengthen your brothers. I need you to go into a dying and broken world and I need you to go strengthen your brothers for I have died for everyone. Just because they are still lost in the world does not mean that they do not belong to me. I have called them they are mine and I need you to become a Peter. I need you to become rock solid, rock standing Peter. I need you to go into this dying and broken world and to become that solid, solid, stable strong individual that will not be tossed to and fro, who is not focused on himself, who does not think that he has arrived or that he can do everything in and through his power that will say to pride get out of my face. I am a servant of the most high God. I am not focused on myself. I don't even care about myself. I care about a dying and broken world and that I refuse to know anything but Christ Jesus and Him crucified to a dying and broken world. Let's go to Acts chapter 1. Remember in verse 8. Our Jesus said, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And then you shall be witnesses unto me. Where? Both starting in Jerusalem, then going into all Judea, then to Samaria, then on to the uttermost parts of the earth. Are you guys with me? Now when we take that Acts chapter 1 verse 8 and we connect it with Matthew 28, we connect it with Mark 16, we connect it with Luke 24. These are all the end chapters of every book of the Gospels where Jesus gave final instructions. When we connect this to what Jesus is actually saying this, that when you are filled with the Spirit and my power comes upon you, you will then start in Jerusalem, then you will go to Judea, and then you will go to Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. And so we come to the book of Acts chapter 2. And the disciples are in the upper room. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit came in like a mighty rushing wind. And it was seen upon them cloven tongues as of fire, dividing itself, sitting upon each and every one of them as they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in other tongues. Are you guys with me? And after this, Peter stood up and 
Peter now said that this is that which the Lord hath promised. And Peter directly afterwards went out and he preached one of his most powerful sermons yet. And 3,000 souls came to salvation in one session. It was Peter who said, repent for the kingdom of God is near. It was Peter who said that you need to be baptized. It was now Peter who went down to the temple and it was Peter who told the layman, stand up, take your bed and walk. It was now that rock solid stable individual. Are you guys with me? But we have a problem. For three and a half years later, Peter is still in Jerusalem where they were supposed to go down to Judea, Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. But the man is still in Jerusalem. Are you guys with me? And so there's another reminder coming to Peter. We find Philip and he's preaching, guess where? In Samaria. Demons are being casted out. Healings are breaking out. I mean, it's revival. And what do they do? They commission Peter and John go to Samaria. Because you need to go pray for the people that they may receive the Holy Spirit. And he gets to Samaria and who does he meet? Simon the sorcerer. Huh? Can I show you something? Are you still with me or are you tired? Get into the punchline. I've got five minutes. Are we still together? Acts chapter 8, verse 14. New King James. Acts chapter 8, verse 14. Look at this. Just follow with me on the screen. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. When they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of hands, this is Simon the sorcerer, the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given. He offered them money saying, give me this. Listen, this was a Gentile. The man is lost. What does he know? He, he just, you know, he's seeing the power of God and he's designing it. Are you guys with me? Are you guys with me? Will I lay my hands and receive the Holy Spirit? But Peter said to him, your money perish with you. Listen how hard he speaks to him. No? He forgets. He forgets the Simon and the failures. And he says, your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent therefore of this, your wickedness and pray God, perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven. You can imagine this man is like, oh dear God, I've just seen the power of God in operation. This is not good. Verse 23, for I see that you are poisoned by the bitterness and bound by inequity. Then Simon answered and said, pray to the Lord for me that none of these things which you have spoken over me might come upon me. And Peter Stands and says, oh, did it again. How could I have done it again? And he's reminded of the Simon. He's reminded of the Simon once again. Are you guys with me? What happens after this? Peter goes back to Jerusalem disobedient again and he's having a vision 
Maybe let's put this on the screen. Acts chapter 10, verse 28, 31, 30. Let's start from verse 30. New King James. No, I don't want this. I want the beginning. Maybe. No, there's something specific that I'm looking for as well. I want to show you something. We're just getting on. Are you guys with me? We're just at Acts chapter 8. Now we're going to Acts chapter 10. Yeah. Go for me, Acts chapter 10, verse 9. I want to show you something. And the man went back to Jerusalem, right? And here comes, an, here comes another reminder. The next day, as they went on their journey and drew near the city, Peter went up to the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Then he became very hungry and wanted to eat. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven opened up and an object like a great sheet bound at the four corners descending to him and led down to the earth. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things and birds of the air. And a voice came to him and said, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, No, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And a voice spoke to him again and a second time, What God has cleansed, you must not call common. So God is calling him to the Gentiles. Are you guys with me? which is in Samaria and which is in Jeriah and which is, are you guys with me? But he's not going there. And so there's another reminder coming. This was done three times and the object was taken up into heaven. Now, while Peter wondered within himself what this vision, uh, what this vision which he had seen meant, behold, the men who had been sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house. Cornelius was lodging with a man whose name was Simon. And they knocking on the door and says, listen, you need to come with us so that you can come preach the gospel at Simon's house. And he's reminded again of his failures as Simon. Are you guys with me? Are you guys with me? Listen, it is time for you to reprogram your past. Can I say that again? It is time for you to reprogram your past. Do you know that it is indeed possible for you to reprogram your past? You must reprogram your past. The Bible says this in the first book of Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17, that if any man be in Christ, he has become a new creature or creation. All things have passed away and all things have now become new. I'm telling you that it's in fact possible to reprogram your past, which means that the only past that you have is the cross. And the only future that you now have is heaven. Say the only future that I have is heaven. But you will have to remain standing. You will have to keep your eyes upon the Lord Jesus Christ. When Jehoshaphat found himself in a very bad position, the Lord spoke and said, you shall not need to fight in this battle. But before Jehoshaphat could find himself, do you know this? Before he found himself in that place where he could stand as a rock solid rock power person, God first said the following. Second book of, just quickly, just quickly, I'm almost done. Second book of Chronicles chapter 20 verse 5. I want you to see this. So I must keep my eyes upon Jesus. 
Are we still together? 20 verse 5. And it says, Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord. Where are you now? Before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever? And they dwell in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name's saying, if disaster come upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence for your name is in this temple and cry out to you in our affliction and you will hear and save. And now here are the people of Hamon, Moab and Mount Seir whom you would not let Israel invite when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession which you have given to us in there. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this. We have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Are you not a house? Are you not a temple filled with the Holy Spirit? Are you not the one who carries the name of Jesus? So if you can, like Jehoshaphat, cry and keep your eyes upon the Lord Jesus Christ that carries His name as a temple, no matter where you go, if you say, my God, are you not the one? Are you not the Lord, the God, the Creator of the universe who made everything and everything within it? Are you not the one who goes before me and who fights for me against my enemies? Are you not the one? I do not have the ability. I do not have the might. I do not have the power. I do not have the strength to see this thing through. I cannot do it by myself. But what I do in this very hour is I set my eyes upon you, the author and finisher of my faith. And I lean upon the arms of everlasting favour and power from where my hope and glory comes. And I will keep my eyes fixated upon you. And thereby I will remain standing. Standing. And Jesus' response was, you shall not need to fight. You shall see my salvation because your ability and your strength is in me and you've acknowledged it. You depend fully and fully on me. Are you guys with me? Say standing. We will stand in you, Lord. We will remain standing in you, Lord. We will remain standing in you. I must close off. And it seems like Peter has got everything together. Right? It seems like Peter has got everything together. And he's writing his first epistle. First book of Peter. Chapter 1 verse 1. Quickly put on the screen for me, New King James. Lost, lost. But, then we're done. Who? Watch there, how it starts. This is his first epistle. Peter. An apostle of Jesus Christ. Huh? And he's writing in this power. You can see he's in a good space. Right? Put on for me the Amplified Classic. Look at this. I want to show you. <laughs> oh, Simon Peter. Peter. I mean, this man is going for it. I'm in a good space. I've made it. I've arrived. 
an apostle, a special messenger of Jesus Christ, writing to the elect exiles of the dispersion scattered so abroad, Pontus, Galatia, I can't read there, Cappadocia, Asia, and what's, what's that word? I can't see there. Bithynia, verse 2. Who were chosen and foreknown by God the Father and consecrated, sanctified, made holy by the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and to be sprinkled with His blood. May grace, spiritual blessing and peace be given you in increased abundance, that spiritual peace to be released in and through Christ, freedom from fears, agitating passions and moral conflicts. Verse 3, Praised, honoured, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. By His boundless mercy, we have been born again to an everlasting hope, ever, ever living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The man is an extremely good place here. Amen. But then, something happens. And we pick it up again in verse 6 and the tone of voice changes. And he's ending this, his first epistle. He's ending it like this. Therefore, ah, therefore, humble yourselves. Demote, lower yourselves in your own estimation under the mighty hand of God, that in due time He may exalt you, casting the whole of your care, all of your anxieties, and all of your worries. You, there's now, <laughs> I don't know if you guys are seeing this. Amen. For he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. Be well balanced, temperate, sober. Something definitely happened here. Be vigilant and cautious at all times that the enemy of yours, that devil roams around like a lion, roaring in fierce hunger, seeking someone to seize upon, to devour. Oh, Simon. Verse 9, withstand him, be firm in faith. Against, I mean, this man is positive confessing here. Against his onset, rooted, established, strong, immovable, and determined. Knowing that the same identical sufferings are appointed to you, my brothers, the whole body of Christians throughout the world. Verse 10, and after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace will impart all blessings and favor, who has called you to his own eternal glory in Christ Jesus, will himself complete and make you what you ought to be. Establish and ground your security and strengthen you you and the man is no longer really in a good space and he writes his second epistle second peter chapter one verse one and check how he starts second peter chapter one verse one huh Simon Peter, I, no, it's no longer this, my servant, <laughs> ah. keep your eyes on Jesus, this is the very key that I can give you in this night, you keep your eyes upon Jesus. You keep your eyes upon Jesus. No matter what's happening, no matter what it is that you're facing, when that cycle comes your way again and it's trying to find an entry point, you set your feet and say that I have come here to rout the enemy and to establish the kingdom of God. I will remain steadfast and immovable in this situation. I keep my eyes upon you, my Savior. I cannot do it without you. There is no other way. Upon this revelation, you will build your house. And when that flood comes, you will remain standing. 
based upon the revelation that you have. Again, I state, if you go for anything, go for the words. Come on, let's just give God a praise offering. why I say that you will destroy cycles by the transformation of your mind. The teaching ministry, the teaching ministry is foundational to deliverance. When someone new joins my e-group, I always say, don't do the path, don't, don't do the deliverance now. I want to see you committed for three months and then we'll do deliverance. Guess what? After three months, it's no longer even needed because they just remained under the revelation of this word that they received from this pulpit. And three months is no longer even needed for deliverance. They've been set free. I don't even longer need to go up and down dealing with my stuff. I'm, I've become Peter. Rock. Can I have an amen to that? Just stand with me. Everyone stand with me. Every eye closed. Father, we thank you for a day filled with your presence. Lord, we give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. We give you all the praise. For there are none like you, Father. I pray that a true revelation of you, the real Jesus Christ, be set upon the hearts of your people and in the minds of your people that they will walk in the reality of the truth of all of who you are. Building their house, founded upon you the rock. And no matter what comes, no matter what happens, that they will remain unshaken, untouched, steadfast and immovable. Father, I pray, like as you have prayed for Peter, that their faith will hold strong and that they will not fail. They will not fail. They will not fail. They will remain standing. Father, I pray that all the days of their lives, that they will walk close to you, that they will remain close to you, and that your power and your glory be made known and manifest in and through their lives on every level and account. Father, we worship you. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. And we give you all the praise. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Come on, let's just give God a praise offering.